This is the Jump Pass. I am your host, Ryan. And yes, I know it's been a while. It's been about nearly two months since my last episode, but a lot of things has been going on in my personal life. And I'll give you a brief explanation of uh, what's going on. And also, of course, you know, we're going to talk about the Titans and my thoughts about the Titans since my last episode. Uh, talk about the issues that I feel like they're having and what can they do to resolve some of these issues. Now, I will give you a spoiler alert. Some of these issues or majority of these issues will probably won't be resolved until next year. Just keep, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, also, I'm going to talk about John Robinson getting fired. I haven't really talked about it. And, you know, I put out a couple of tweets, but, you know, I'm going to give you my perspective of why John Robinson got fired, uh, what he did right, what he did wrong, and my final thoughts about him as a GM and my overall assessment of him as a GM. And then, you know, we're going to talk about Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Willis is going to be the starter, you know, maybe for the, you know, Rest of the season, I'm not sure, but he's definitely going to be starting against Houston. And what he can do, you know, and what I think he can do to, you know, be a better quarterback. And also why I think that, you know, you can win, that the Titans can win the division with Malik Willis at quarterback. And I got a couple of examples to explain why I think that can happen. And then, of course, you know, and then to top it all off, you know, we're going to talk about week 16, what the upset picks I like, um, and things of that nature. Uh, about one game in particular that I like, and I will, you know, let you let you guys know who my upset pick is for week 16. It's, it's <laughs> spoiler alert, it's not going to be Texans over Titans. I'm not going to pick the Texans over the Titans, even though that could very well happen the way the Titans are played. Never know. But I'm I'm pretty confident that the Titans will find some kind of way to win that that matchup against the Texans. Hopefully, I mean, you know, it's Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas Eve uh, matchup. Last thing you want is, you know, people's Christmases to be ruined, you know, losing to a team that's only won one game all season long. But like I said, you never know. Uh, you never know with these kind of matchups, you know, especially within the division. But I will, you know, give out my week 16 uh, upset pick that I personally like. And, you know, we'll go from there. All right. So let's kind of talk about me. Let's talk about what I've been doing, what I've been up to. Uh, really pretty much nothing. Um you know, something happened in my personal life that kind of, you know, stopped things um, from going the way that it has been going. Uh, business hasn't, you know, business on a personal level has not been good. So I kind of had to take a step back and I had to kind of, you know, reevaluate myself, had to get myself on the right track. Now, is everything good all the way on my end? Not quite. But I'm taking it one day at a time, and that's all you can really can do in these kind of situations. Just take it one day at a time. You know, you know, I'm a praying man, so you gotta, you know, I always try to pray and ask God to, you know, lead me in the right direction. 
and you know, let God take care of the rest. But yeah, you know, had to go go and do some um do do some financial issues right now at the moment. But you know, all in all, I'm a I'll try to be as positive as I can that things will go back to the you know least somewhat to the way it was and get back to some normalcy in my life. So, you know, apologize for being absent and everything, but also, you know, people did reach out to me. Um, and I do appreciate people that, you know, that DM me, text me, call me, you know, just wanted to check up on me, see how I'm doing. So I do appreciate the ones that done that. Um, I really do, you know, appreciate the support that people in Tennessee Titan Nation, even ones that don't even are not fans of the Titans. I uh, appreciate them for reaching out as well, just to just make sure that, you know, my headspace is at the right, you know, at the right space. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really do appreciate everyone's concerns, input and everything. But, you know, I said this, you know, I said that, you know, one thing I one thing about me, I always, you know, no matter how tough things are, I always try to find a way to make something out of nothing. So this is just another case of me making something out of nothing. So that's just kind of what I've been going through. And, you know, I can't let my personal life affect me to a point where it's interrupting everything else that I got going on, especially everything that's good that I got going on. So that's just, so I needed to take the step back to kind of reevaluate myself. And now that I feel like I have reevaluated myself and ready to get back into doing some of the things that I like to do. And that's, and one of these is talking about Tennessee Titans, regardless of how good or bad or indifferent this team is, I still like to talk about them and provide some good content for you guys, good content for the listeners out there. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And, you know, we're going to uh, see what happens with this team and see if this team can somehow hang on to this division lead and go to the playoffs. But before I continue to talk, uh, before I go into the Titans, I want to talk about uh, the Titan Upload Network because that's what this episode and this podcast is brought to you by. One thing that I love about the Titan Upload Network is they keep it real. And that's why I wanted to be with them because they keep it real. I keep it real. So, you know, I want to shout out to the Titan Upload Network for their unconditional support of my channel, of me personally. So, you know, of course, like and subscribe to all the channels, whether it's Titan Upload himself, uh, Titans Rossi, Titans for Life with James. He just, um, you know, he gives us the great insight. Um, Rossi's and Upload shows are have been established and have been great for the channel. Uh, James has been a great addition, you know, a great insider in regards of, you know, talking about the different things that's going on behind the scenes with the Titans. And we be the first one, well, <laughs> James be the first one to get the scoop on it. And he's been, a, you know, he's been great. He's been batting a thousand on his sources. So, you know, shout out to him. And then also to Rossi and James, not too long ago, maybe about a week or two ago, had a episode talking about the AJ Brown trade and what really happened behind the scenes. I'm not gonna tell you what you know what James said. 
I want y'all to do y'all due diligence and go into the uh, to the channel to the to Rossi's channel, Titans Rossi, and find that episode and listen to it for yourself. And it's very informative. I say that it's very very informative, and I will highly recommend that you listen to it. And then also, of course, Mike from Power Hour, Power Hours on every Monday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. It's a really, really good show. Very, very insightful. Kind of gives you that Sports Center partner interruption, NFL network feel to it from a YouTube uh, standpoint. So it's a very, very good channel. I would highly recommend it to subscribe to his channel as well as the other channels that I just mentioned. And of course, the draft expert that we have, Brian. Brian, one thing I like about Brian is he's not a Titans fan. So it kind of gives you. So if he if you ask him a question about the Titans, it's coming from a non-biased standpoint, as opposed to asking a content creator that does Tennessee Titans a question. And it might come a little bit slightly biased. So Shout out to my team at the Titan Upload Network. So let's talk about these Titans. All right. So the Titans sitting at 77, barely hanging on to the division by a thread. And I do mean that by the slightest bit. Uh, only really record-wise, there are a game ahead against uh, other Jacksonville Jaguars. But technically, they're half a game up because of the tiebreaker. The issues with this team really comes from the beginning of the season. I, Before I took my hiatus, I told you over and over and over about this team. When they had their six-game winning streak, it wasn't very impressive. The only thing impressive about the six-game winning streak was they won six games in a row. And the only other impressive thing about it was they were doing it in spite of tied down his play calling. They were doing it in spite of not scoring enough points in the second half. And I said before they before the schedule started to get tough, I said that this team is going to have to figure out a way to score points in the second half because they're going to be playing against better teams. They can score some points, and they can make in-game adjustments from the first half to the second half. And look what happened. The Titans are not scoring in the second half, they're not winning football games. You can't win if you can't score. Scoring 14 points and 17 points and 16 points, you're not winning football games in today's NFL scoring below 20. Scoring below 20. The most points the Titans have scored this season was 27. 27. The Dallas Cowboys about a week or two ago, scored 33 points in the fourth quarter. One quarter, fourth quarter. The Minnesota Vikings scored 36 points in basically two two and one-third of a quarter. You cannot win in today's National Football League scoring below 20 points on a consistent basis. You might win a game or two against a bad team that can't score either, and then, you know, it, it happens. You'll, you'll win a game when you score 17 points, the other team score 14, or the other team score 10 or 7 or whatever. But when you're starting to play better teams with better offenses, 
where they are going to easy, easily score 20 points, you got to figure out a way to outscore those teams. And I said it. I said it while they was being the Raiders, while they was being the Colts, while they was being the Commanders. I said, this team, they playing with fire. They playing with fire, not scoring in the second half. They playing with fire, putting the defense out there on the field too long. They playing with fire by going three and out on a consistent basis. Titans lead the league in three and outs, which shouldn't shock anybody because they do the same thing. When you, Me, as a content creator, now my job is to not predict play calls. But if I can pre- predict correctly play calls, then we got an issue. And, you know, of course, I'm not going to talk about Todd Downer because I can't say nothing more about Todd Downer that's already been said about Todd Downer. But I've, I told you, Todd Downer is not – I told you Todd Downer wasn't going to get fired. I said this way back in, like, week two. I said Todd Downer is not going to get fired. I said the the worst thing that could happen to Todd Downer would be he could strip the play calling, but he would still keep his job. That was the only thing that I thought that could possibly happen. But for him to just simply fire Todd Downer wasn't going to happen. And the worst thing to happen for the Titans was they got, they went into this six-game winning streak. Now, they would have went onto the six-game losing streak and just say instead of being six and two, they go two and six. Then you probably, maybe, possibly, and I could still be wrong, maybe you would, maybe it would, uh, Vrabel would pull that plug and say, okay, we need to do something different on offense. But since they went onto this six-game winning streak, why why would you want to fire somebody when when things are good? When things are, you know, good, things are, you know, good from a standpoint of wins and losses, why would you want to fire anybody? Unless somebody being insubordinate. And other than the DUI issue, Todd Downing was not insubordinate. And that's another thing too. The DUI incident. That would be the that was the <laughs> that was the get out of jail free card that the Titans needed. Or you would think uh, as a fan base we needed. That was the get out of jail free card. And Vrabel's like, nah, we're going to keep him. You know, he made a mistake. He's learned from his mistake. And we can make a case that Ty Downing has gotten worse since the DUI. And that's amazing to say because of what he did prior to the DUI. But I feel like he's gotten worse since that DUI incident. But this Titans team issue, these issues with the Titans, it's just simply about talent. This team's not talented enough. Talent and missed opportunities. It's just simply not a very good team. They're seven and seven. You know, they got a lot of injuries. And, you know, of course, we talk about the injuries pretty much every week. Every single week, there's four, five, six new people are in the injury report. You got some players that been on the injury report probably since like week two or week three. The issue with the Titans and the reason why they're having these issues. Of course, the the simple answer is the strength and conditioning coach is high is high garbage. But the more educated answer to this question is due to the fact that this team's quote unquote physical style of play. 
if you ever just think about it in the National Football League, the most physical teams in football are usually the most injury-prone teams. Teams like the Ravens, teams like the San Francisco 49ers. They play a physical style of football as well. They like to run the football. They like to, you know, play action off of the of running the football. They both got, you know, Buffalo teams got hard-nosed defenses. They're hard-hitting, just like the Titans claim to be. But the biggest difference between those two teams and the Titans, they got enough talent to withstand injuries. I mean, the Niners have won, what, eight in a row? And they on their third quarterback. And he looks better than Jimmy Garoppolo, low-key. And he's probably he's played his way to at least being the bag of quarterback for next year. He'll at least be competing with Trey Lance, uh, Brock Purdy. The Ravens, they continue to win games because they got the talent level to withstand injuries. Now, they do need Lamar back, or else they're not going to win the, the NFC North. But they have enough talent to kind of hold down the fort until Lamar get healthy. But that's the biggest difference between those two teams and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, from a roster standpoint, some of the players is on their roster that's starting should not even be in the league, and I'm just keeping it real. They should not even be in the league. You wouldn't even see the you wouldn't see some of these players on other people's teams. There's a reason why Terrence Mitchell was a free agent. There's a reason why Dennis Daly, of course, everybody's favorite player, Dennis Daly, is the worst offensive line in football. Panthers hated him. Panthers fans, the Panthers, when that trade went down, the Panthers fans were praising us for, for, for getting that player off of their hands. Praising us. And usually, you know, I listen to one or two fans, but when it's like roughly 70 to 80% of the fans that's saying it, then that's that's the issue. It's not enough, it's not enough talent in this football team to withstand those injuries. And now you got Ryan Tannehill, who's may, may not be, you know, probably not gonna play anymore because of constant ankle injuries. I mean, to me, the the issues with this team started in the offseason. Before, you know, before they started playing any kind of games, preseason or regular season, I said, this team got some issues that I hope that maybe I was wrong about and they may be better than what has been advertised. I was right. Unfortunately, I was right on on those regards i said this team has some issues with offensive line that was the number one issue for me and they got some issues with in receiving and they got some issues at at secondary and i said the issues with secondary was they were too young they were they were young and inexperienced and now they're injury prone <laughs> to go along with that the offensive line is not good regardless who's the quarterback ryan Tannehill or malik willis it kind of doesn't really matter if the O-line can – the O-line, which is ranked dead last, by the way, works O-line in football, it don't matter. If they can't block for longer than, you know, a second or a second and a half, no quarterback can can thrive under that under that kind of the rest. No quarterback can. I don't care how great of a quarterback you have, you got to have an offensive line that's least average. That, that's at least average. If you're bottom five in the league, usually the worst teams in football have a bottom five offensive line. And the Titans are dead last. 
Dennis Daly has given up as many sacks as he played games. He's only played 12 games. He's given up 12 sacks. 12. That's a lot. That's a lot of sacks. And he imagine how many pressures he gave up. And if it wasn't for Ryan Tannehill when he was mobile or Malik, uh, Malik Willis, his mobility, he'd probably be giving up more than that. You know, Dennis Daly, like I said, he's on that tie downing list where it's nothing more that I can say that's already been said. But it's just a, it's just a shame, you know, that this team really missed out on some opportunities. You know, last year missed out on opportunity. Twenty nineteen missed out on the opportunity. And I get to I'm gonna get to John Robinson in just a moment. But I just want to just say that I'm not angry about the four game losing streak. Not not compared to some of the other content creators. I'm not angry at all. And that's not me saying that I think this this was expected. It wasn't expected. I didn't expect the Titans to lose four games in a row at any point of the season. But I also didn't expect the Titans to be like last year's Titans, where they were the number one overall seed. I didn't expect that. I didn't think they were escape the injury bug two years in a row. NFL just doesn't work like that. You're not, you're not going to have that kind of luck two years in a row. Last year, you had all those injuries. You still got number one overall seed. I, I said, if you have the same kind of look or bad luck in this case, you have the same kind of bad luck this year, the Titans are not, I said, the Titans were not going to be the number one overall seed. They're not going to have a chance to be the number one overall seed if they have the same kind of injury luck that they had the previous season. Now look at them. So at the end of the day, there's two big issues with the Titans. And, of course, one we already know is tied down. That was, that's one that's one issue. That's a separate issue. But number two, they have a talent issue. Simply not a talented team. Can you honestly, and before I get to J-Rob, it's firing, ask yourself this question. Look at the original 53-man roster. Can you tell me other teams look at that roster and say, I would want at least 10 players off that team. Be honest with yourself. Do, do you think there are 10 players on this team that could just go on another that can go on another team and flourish? Of course, you know, the the obvious answers are yeah, you know, you got some players like Derrick Henry, yes. Kevin Byer, yes. Jeffrey Simmons, yes. M- maybe Austin Hooper. But just think about it. Can you say, okay, I like these 10 players. I'm picking these 10 players, and they all 10 of them are going to thrive. It would be hard to pick 10 players from the Tennessee Titans and say that they can thrive from other, from uh, if they was in another uniform. Just, just think about that. Think about the players that used to be here. What's Corey Davis doing? Nothing. Jono Smith, what he's doing? Nothing. Shout out to Khalif Raymond for getting a punt return touchdown, but that was the only thing I've seen him do, really. I mean, he's done a little bit more than that, but nothing really to write home about. Where's Darrington Evans? Has he done anything in Chicago? What about Blessing Game? Blessing Game actually done pretty well 
in his limited duty. Where's Michael Pruitt? Was where's Anthony Ferkser? The only former Titan that's doing some is AJ Brown. <laughs> that's the only person you could you could say, oh, he's he's doing his thing. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a Pro Bowler again. But you know, Roger Saffold, he's been okay. But it's funny that Roger Saffold has not. I don't think he's missed a game this season. Funny that he hasn't missed a game this season. But he was missing a couple of games here and there when he was in a Titan uniform. I'm just saying. But think about it. Also, yeah, where, where's uh, Adore? Adore Jackson. How he's doing in, in New York? The Titans have a tight, uh, a talented, a talent issue. They have a talent issue. Hopefully, whoever this new GM is can immediately get some of the dead weight off this team, make some tough decisions, just like John Robinson had to do. And rebuild this team back and get some talent on this roster. And hopefully this team can get past the point of just being barely good enough to be in the upper echelon of the NFL. That's the hope. So Amy Allen has a big decision to make in the offseason. A big decision. Her decision on picking the GM is going to determine how this team is going to be in the next two to three years. So hopefully Amy is doing her homework, which I know she is. So shout out to Amy. But Amy got a big decision to make, big decision to make that is going to positively or negatively affect the Tennessee Titans franchise. So we'll see what happens. All right, so speaking of John Robinson, of course, while I was on my hiatus, John Robinson got fired. And it was funny because during the Philadelphia game, I put out a tweet, and it's like, when are we going to have this conversation about the front office and their inability to put out a product that can compete with the not, not not only compete because obviously the Titans can compete with the top teams in the league, but talent from a talent standpoint, beat some of these top teams in the National Football League. Not only in the regular season because they improved that before, but more importantly in the playoff. And then, roughly forty eight hours later, John Robinson gets fired. So it led me to believe two things: one, they were already going to fire John Robinson, or you know, based off of what based off the outcome of the Eagles game, or number two, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but somebody somebody in the Titans organization saw my tweet. I'm just gonna I say it's the first option. I'm not I'm not that delusional or I'm not that, you know, that arrogant or conceited to think that the Titans of all teams, the Titans of all franchises is looking at what a content creator like myself or any fan is tweeting. They probably are, but I mean, me and the Titans do follow each other on Twitter, so it's possible. But I, I just don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's the case. But John Robinson, to me, I know I, I hear a lot of people who have bashed John Robinson, saying how terrible of a GM he is, and they're happy that he's gone and things of that nature. I don't think he he was not a terrible GM. 
ain't gonna say I think I know he was not a terrible GM. Terrible GMs are usually bottom five. If if John Robinson was a terrible GM, he probably would have been fired three years ago, roughly. You don't keep a GM for six uh six or seven years and he's been trash. I mean, especially when you have six winning seasons, you never had a losing season. And he done a lot of good things. Unfortunately, he did a lot of bad things too. And unfortunately, the bad outweighed the good. And once the bad outweighs the good in a job performance, got to make that tough decision. Got to make that unpopular decision. And that's what Amy did. And shout out to Amy for basically realizing that the last three years have been pretty uninspiring from a from a roster creation standpoint. But let me tell you the good they done, and then I'm gonna tell you the bad they done. This is just my perspective. You know, y'all can agree or disagree, and that's cool either way. But let me tell you the good that he did. I thought the the thing that he did well, in my opinion, was he took risks that worked. Trade for Demarco Murray, getting Derrick Henry in the second round when you so called already had a running back. Taking those risks of trading Doria Green Beckham, where majority of the fan base hated that he got traded. But in return, you get Dennis Kelly, who was who provided you depth at the offensive line position. So easily to say the Saints won that trade. Easily to say he won the trade for DeMarco Murray. He took some risks and it worked out. Trade for Ryan Tannehill. Look what Ryan Tannehill did. He took over for Mariota in weeks, basically the end of week six against the Broncos, became the starter in week seven. Rest has pretty much been history. He's been our quarterback the last four years. He's done some good things. He's drafted well. Again, drafting Derrick Henry, drafting Kevin Byard, drafting Jeffrey Simmons, drafting A.J. Brown. And that helped the Titans from, 20, from 2016 to 2019. He did more than enough to get the Titans from being a two and three football team to being a team that can not only make the playoffs, but they can win the division, make some noise in the playoffs. He he done a, he done a lot of really good things for the Titans. And then it kind of leads me to the bad stuff that he's done. And it started in 2020. And this is basically where the fall off begins. And this is where, the follow-up of 20, the 2020 offseason is the reason why the Titans are 7-7 seven and seven in 2022. Think about the offseason of 2020. You know, some people say, oh, give John Robertson pass. He had to deal with COVID, the, the COVID offseason. Guess what? 31 other teams had to deal with the COVID offseason too. So I'm not going to give him a full pass on that. Now I understand that the COVID offseason was different. You couldn't really talk to players like you normally can. You couldn't really reach out to them. You couldn't talk to potential draft picks and kind of get, you know, that one-on-one, you know, time that you normally would get. So I get it. I get all that. But guess what? Again, 31 other teams had the same kind of issue. They had to go through the same kind of obstacle. And most of them did just fine. And the Titans – 
from a record standpoint, did well. As you know, they did well. They went eleven and five. They won the they first of uh, two straight um, AFC South championships. But the thing I want to point out is he drafted terribly in 2020. He drafted terribly in 2021. Those last two draft classes prior to this draft class is one of the main reasons he's no longer employed as a Tennessee Titan general manager. Look at 2020. Nobody in that draft class for the exception of Christian Fulton is either A, in the league, or they are not playing, or they don't have any significant playing time. And I like Christian Fulton, but Christian Fulton's first three years have been none but promise and injuries. 2021, your first two draft picks. One cannot stay healthy. He was an injury risk prior to being drafted. Again, taking risks. He took a risk with Jeffrey Simmons in 2019 coming from an ACL injury. He took another risk two years later by getting another guy coming from a season in the injury in college. Unfortunately for John Robinson, both of them didn't work out. Only Jeffrey Simmons did. Jeffrey Simmons worked out. Caleb Farley didn't. Your second round draft pick, Dylan Raidens, he can't beat out Dennis Daly for a starting spot up until recently. And it got to the point where Dennis Daly had to be so horrible to where the Nashville media is clowning him. Well, some of the Nashville media is clowning him. It's, there was some that was actually taking up for him. The Nashville media was clowning him. Mainstream uh, media was clowning him. Content creators like myself were clowning him. And to the point where they he basically forced Mike Vrabel's hand in, in trying uh Raiders at that tackle. And in that Charger game, which I'm not going to talk about, but in that Charger game, played pretty well until he got hurt. And I think he's out for the year. I think he that was an ACL injury. And it, honestly, I ain't going to lie, it kind of pissed me off because I'm like, this is this is why you drafted him, right? Ain't, did you draft him to, at least from the at a standpoint of he's supposed to be the right tackle, but in some kind of form or fashion, maybe Taylor one's replacement, and you didn't play him up until week what was this week fifteen? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. But if, Den- if Dylan Raiders can is having a hard time being D- Dennis Daly for a sp- starting spot, then that's that's a that's a problem. John Robinson's draft picks in 2020-2021 have not been good. And that's putting it mildly. They have not been good at all. And you build your team through the draft. You do not build your team through free agency. You fill in the holes that you need to fill through free agency that you couldn't fill in the draft. But you- your team needs to be built through the draft. Look at the Bills. They drafted Josh Allen, Milano, Edmonds, Javius White, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox. All of them are major contributors to that team. And then when they needed to add some pieces to continue to, you know, be a Super Bowl contending team. They get a Von Miller. They get a Stefan Diggs. 
Look at Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. All of them were drafted. And then they plugged in the holes where it needed, which was basically the defense. They needed help on the defensive side of the ball. They get Trey Hendrickson. They get Mike Hilton. They get an underrated interior lineman, DJ Reader. And now they're going to be a team that's going to be competing for Super Bowls for years to come. You build through the draft and you plug the holes in free agency. But you got to be able to know how to draft in order to do the second part. Because if you're only just filling in holes and you're not drafting well, that puts an awfully a lot of pressure on the people that you sign in big money contracts to. Like Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree getting a lot of money for a guy that's not that's has one double digit sack year. Getting a lot of money. Not like Bud Dupree, but he can't stay healthy. You're only as good as as your availability. Your best ability is availability. And that's not a that's not his best ability right now. That's one of the main reasons I feel like John Robinson got fired. Of course, the other one is the obvious one. You traded AJ Brown really for for Traylon Burks, and Traylon Burks can't stay healthy. AJ Brown, whether he wanted a lot of money or a little bit of money or whatever his price tag was, obviously uh, Amy felt like they had the finance the finances to get it done. And I feel like to me, John Robinson lied to Amy Adam Strunk and said that AJ Brown didn't want to play for the Tennessee Titans. That's my theory on it. And once Amy found out that that wasn't true, that John Robinson gave AJ Brown a low ball deal, because I feel like Amy did not know the guess the the details of the trade or the the trade well not the trade but the the details of the the signing uh the the proposal that John Robinson gave to AJ Brown AJ Brown was like oh is this what y'all think I'm worth I'm worth better somewhere else then take me to someone that's gonna give me the money and I'll show you and he's he's done that and surprisingly enough guess what he's been healthy He's had his he's he's had his nicks or whatever, but you know, but he hasn't missed the game. And on the flip side, when he was in two tone blue, every week was an adventure. Whether he was gonna play the entire game or not. But I feel like in my heart to heart, John Robinson lied to Amy Armstrong about the whole AJ Brown deal. And I feel like Amy caught wind of it, found out that really John Robinson was lowballing A.J. Brown on purpose. And that was the that was basically the end of the story for John Robinson as GM. Overall, I think A.J. Brown, I mean, I wish A.J. Brown would still be a team, but overall, I think that as far as John Robinson. Is concerned. Um, I thought he was a good GM, but I think I thought his ego at times, <clears throat> excuse me, his ego at times, and his unwillingness to make immediate changes to the roster got him fired, along with having terrible draft classes.
especially in 2020 and 2021. I think 2022 is going to be fine, but 2020 and 2021 is a, is incredibly bad, incredibly bad draft classes. Not a, Nobody's really producing out of those draft classes right now. And that's what and that's why the Titans are at the spot they're in right now. Right now, the Titans are the Atlanta Hawks of the National Football League. They'll make a run every blue moon, but they're gonna always they're not gonna be terrible enough to get a top 10 draft pick, but they're not gonna be good enough to compete with the upper echelon of the NFL. That's where they're at right now. They're the Atlanta Hawks of the NFL. So and the reason why they're Atlanta Hawks of the NFL mostly is because of John Robinson. And that's why, unfortunately, he's no longer the GM of the Tennessee Titans. Best of luck to him. Um, I feel like he will get a job. Probably not GM right away, but I feel like he will get another job because he does have the credentials. He does have a positive credentials as a winning GM. So he definitely will get a job soon. And I don't know who the Titans are going to pick as the permanent GM. I have to do my research, and that's going to be later Probably in a later episode where I have to give you my thoughts on who I think the GM should be. But I will say this before I get into Malik Willis. Whoever the GM is, change the offensive philosophy. Put some players there that is going to make plays. A wide receiver, get some people out in the offensive line that can block and change this offensive philosophy. Stop being a run-first team. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's flip it up and be more of a pass-first team. And if Derrick Henry, and I love Derrick Henry, I do, I think he's one of the best players to ever put on that Titan uniform. Arguably, he might be the best Tennessee Titan player. That's a compelling, that is a real argument. But if he doesn't like taking a step back and only getting 1,200 yards a season and having a quarterback that can throw for 3,000, 4,000 yards and get 30-plus touchdowns year in and year out, then, you, then we can move on for him as well. That's real talk. But they definitely need to change the offensive philosophy. I said that, what was that, three months ago? Titans got a philosophy issue. They're still stuck on 1990. We're in 2022. Let's throw the ball a little bit more. Let's do some RPOs. Let's do some re-option. Let's get some motion. Let's throw the ball downfield. Let's scheme players open. Let's change the offense up. And hopefully whoever the new GM is can have that same kind of thought process that I'm thinking about. All right. Let's talk about Malik Willis. Malik Willis is going to start, most likely it's going to start against the Houston Texans. Um, I think this is a good thing because, one, he's playing against a familiar opponent. Number two, this will be his first home start. A lot of people are are bagging on him, saying how ineffective he is. But, I mean, your first start, everybody's first start is not going to be great. I just saw Desmond Ritter throw for – Less than 100 yards all the way up until his last drive of the, of the game. Guy was like 9 for 25 for like 104. So it's not just Malik Willis struggling. He's not the only quarterback struggling. Kenny Pickett struggled. So his first like four or five games, he was not very good. 
and he's starting to now, as he's starting to get more experience, he's starting to get a little bit better. Same thing with Malik Willis. It's a third round draft pick. And we treat him like he's both like he's the number one overall pick. He's right now, we gotta give it a little bit more time. An NFL expert that I talked to about last year, year before last, told me when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, you're really not gonna know what you really get from most of them until they around somewhere between 16 to 25 stars, somewhere in, in that range. This is only his third start. So let's give it a little bit more time until we officially say, you know, okay, yeah, he's going to be a bust or yeah, oh, no, he's definitely going to be the franchise quarterback. Let's eat away. Let's kind of like let Malik mature and see what happens. And just because he's starting doesn't mean that the division is gone. Plenty of – it's been a couple of cases where a rookie quarterback started they kept the starting position, and they led their team to a division title. The most recent case was Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson started for injured Joe Flacco, and they and he led them to the playoffs in his rookie year. Colin Kaepernick did the same thing. Colin Kaepernick took it a step further way back in, what was that, 2012? Not only he took them to the playoffs, he took them to the Super Bowl. Now, the difference between those teams is they – Put up a game plan and a playbook that was co- that caters to the skill set of that quarterback. I don't trust Todd Downing to do that. I don't trust Mike Vrabel to do that either, to to inform Todd Downing to do that. Now I don't trust that at all. But I just wanted to point out that it's very possible that a rookie quarterback can come in middle of the season or late in the season, play pretty well, and take his team to the playoffs. Now, everything else has to play exactly the way it's supposed to. Derrick Henry still has to be elite. Receivers have to catch the ball. Defense still has to play hard. And coaching has to be coaching. Mike Vrabel has to coach his ass all like most of the time that he does. But I don't trust Ty Downing to call a game plan that is going to cater to Malik Willis' strength. And I hope to God I'm wrong. I really do. I really hope to God I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't think I'm wrong. But we'll see on Sunday. I, of course, it's the Texans. It's a winnable game, but division games, you have to throw the records out of the book. And the Texans have played the Titans hard basically over the last, like, four years or more. So hopefully, hopefully, the Titans can get out the snot and break this four-game losing streak and get some kind of momentum going Hopefully they don't have the same kind of faith on Christmas Eve that they did in 2016. If for, for all the, the, the OG Titan fans, y'all know what I'm talking about. Christmas Eve against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, and Mario, you know, for a chance, an opportunity to get to the playoffs, and, and Mariota basically broke his leg, and that was it. So hopefully we won't have that kind of outcome again. All right, so that's enough Titan talk. I am, as promised. I want to give out my week 16 upset pick. A lot of compelling matchups, a lot of compelling matchups, but there's one particular matchup that I kind of like, and y'all going to think I'm an idiot for for picking this uh, this upset uh, pick. I'm laughing to myself because I might be, I might really, I might be an idiot for real, 
But I'm picking the Patriots to beat the Bengals. I know the Patriots lost probably in the worst way you can lose a football game. That, I'm still kind of in shock on how that how that game ended against the Raiders. But I think this the that's the kind of game where either you gonna mail mail in the season or you're gonna use that as motivation for you to make some make something out of the last three games of the season. And I, I refuse to believe that a Bill Belichick team is going to mail it in. So I think the Bengals are going to lose this matchup to the Patriots. That's my upset pick, and we'll see what happens. All right, y'all, this is the end of the episode. I know it's a long-ass episode, had a lot to talk about, have been away for a while. So, of course, it was going to be a long episode. We're rolling on close to an hour, but I appreciate you rolling with me, rocking with me for this hour. And I appreciate y'all for so uh, so much for you know having my back and tuning in to this episode of the Jump Pass, brought to you by the Titan Upload Network. But until then, be safe, have a merry Christmas, do one thing for me, tighten up, and y'all have a great day.